All right, greetings, guys, for joining me on my actually Midnight Cry here at HNLC Studios. We're going to go over to the book of Psalms 46. We're not going to be with you too long. We're going to work out of two different, maybe three different versions. We're going to look at the King James, of course, which rules, am I safe? And we're going to look at the Amplified Classic AMC edition, as well as the Evangelistical Heritage, which is called the EHV. Let's open up with a small prayer and get moving. Let's hear what the Word of God is speaking to us on this particular Midnight Christ service here at HNLC Studios. Father God, we bless you. We thank you as always as we come before your throne. We'll do all respect unto you, Father God. It's always an opportunity to give us the wind and breath to speak your purpose, your power, your glory, your will into hearts of your people. Father God, bless the mouth of this priest as he goes forth. Anoint me from the crown of my head. To the soles of my feet and everything that I speak, Father God, is nigh of myself, but it's all through you that you may get all the glory in the midst of everything that I'm speaking on tonight. The Word of God says on Psalms 46 that God is a refuge. You know, think about this, a refuge in strength, a very present help. You know, we're talking about a refuge, someone to pull you out of current situation or circumstances or just deliver you. A place where you're just unable to be able to handle yourself. God scoops you out. And he gives you the strength right in the midst of that particular proclivity or circumstance or situation that you're in. He strengthens you during the trial. The Word of God makes a strong statement of an Amplified Classic edition. He said, God is a refuge and strength, a mighty and impenetrable temptation, a very present and well-provided help in the midst of trouble. Now, that's amazing when you think about that, that he's a refuge, a mighty, and impenetrable temptation. I mean, the enemy can't come to you in any shape, form, or fashion to pull you in such a way to make you feel opposite of what God already designed and engineered you to be. He's an impenetrable to a temptation that you can't, you can't be... You can be pulled over by temptation because a very present and well-provided help was just through the Holy Spirit, which the Word of God uh, covers you when we talk about Ephesians, put on the whole arm of God, that you may not stand the wiles of the devil. It's not a flesh and blood fight, but it's a spiritual wickedness in high places. So when we arm up before God, we arm up in prayer. Let's look at what it says over here in the EHV of Intellectual Heritage. It said, God is a refuge and strength. Notice he says once again, a helper who can always be found in times of trouble. This is amazing when you think about this. He's always there in a time of trouble. No matter what circumstance we're going through, we can all on call, he's called on the Lord. The Bible said, whoever calls on my name in the midst of whatever catastrophic event that may be going on in your personal life, I can always call on God. The Word of God decrees over in the evangelistical uh, study here in the EHV. He said in the second verse, he said, This is why we cannot fear when the earth dissolves and when the mountains tremble into the hearts of the sea. Its waters roar and form. The mountains quake and it rises. It goes back over in this particular fourth verse over in the King James Version. It said, There's a river and a stream thereof that shall be made glad of the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacle of the Most High. The Bible said, God, in the fifth verse, God is in the midst of her. She should not be moved. God helps her, and that's right early. Listen how he says this. See that Napified version. Though he said, though or through its water roar, though excuse me, though its water roll, roar, excuse me, foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling and turmoil, shallow. Phase and calamity takes it that. Meaning it's this 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 pause of this 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 calamity, this 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 clammy, this 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 event that's taking place. He goes in the fourth verse here, he says, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The one part says the city of David. This is the holy place, the tabernacle 
of the Most High. Let's move over here to the heritage again. We're going out to this particular um, fifth verse. God is in her. She is not fall. God will help her at daybreak. Nations are in turmoil. Kingdoms fall. Listen to this. Listen to this. Everything that's going on around you, all the mishaps and events, it don't understand. As the word God says in Mark chapter 13, there be wars and rumors of war. What the word of God says right here, though these things are already taking place. We'll see the catastrophic destructions that take the place around all of us, even in the midst of our personal life, the things we're dealing with right now. Sometimes things get so bad in our lives, we don't know which way to go. But one way, one place we can turn is to the kingdom of God. We, know, we may not feel the satisfaction right then and there, but I believe if you continue to lay before God, God will answer you. He said he's a very present help in a very present time. He will ease the pain in the midst of this catastrophic event that's taking place in your life. I don't know some of the catastrophic events that happen in most of your life, but I know there's some happenings in my life, and I know I had to trust God, and it seemed like I couldn't trust Him. Not that I didn't want to, I was so bitter in the midst of a situation, I didn't know which way to think or which way to go. But I began to set still, and I began to concentrate myself on God's Word. And I began to think about that over there in that heritage Word of God over there in the H. We're talking about the H, the Heritage Bible. If you ever, if you ever had the Heritage Bible, it's 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 called a, it's called the EHV, the Evangelistical Heritage Version. And I looked at that sixth verse. Nations are all in turmoil. We, we, this is even right now. It's not through the physical thing the way we see things are um, just destroyed. It's all just jacked up. Things are all bent out of shape. Everybody's mad. There's a lot of anger going on. The city is still in an uproar. Although we don't feel it, we hadn't turned into a, it hadn't turned into a melee yet or nothing. But you do have them taking place, melees, events, people fighting, bickering, complaining, about whether it be race, whether it be color, whether it be economics, whether it be president, whatever. It's, it's in turmoil. He said nations are in turmoil. Kings fall and kingdoms fall God raises his voice and the earth melts the Lord of look at the love of armies the Lord of armies is with us the Lord the angels are always with us we go over to this particular eight verse in the King James and say come behold the works of the Lord was desolate he has made the earth in the ninth verse. He makes war to cease into the ends of the earth. He breaks the bows and the cutters of the spear and sounder. He burneth the chariots in fire, but still and know that I am God. Be still. Know that he's God in the midst of all the things you see that's going on around you. I will exalt among the heathens. I will exalt in the earth. Let's go to 11 verse in the Amplified Edition here. Finish this on out here. The Word of God makes a strong area here in this particular uh, 11th verse. So let's start at the 10th verse. Let be the end be still. And let be, let be, let be and be still. Let be and be still. Don't worry. Let listen, let be and be still and know and recognize and understand that I will or I am. Now, one part of the version I've made of in love and say that I am God and I will exalt among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of Jacob is our refuge, our high tower. Look here, and stronghold, Shala, pause in calamity, think of they. When you think about these words, how they come to you, calmly think. Pause, calmly think. Calmly, not that in uproar and rage. 
calmly think of that. Calmly think of it. Because God is always in control. Men and women, God is always a blessing to be with me here at HLC Studios. Um, hopefully you guys get a chance to join me on my actually morning 10.30 a.m. Um, podcast show and my speaker show, which is a speaker radio show. And it's going to be uh, starting at 10.30 a.m. And that's going to be our Psalms report. And we're going to be right back in the book of Psalms. But as I said before, you know, it's a pleasure to all the support you guys have been giving up. If you want to give into this ministry, we can really use your help here at HNLC Studios. All you have to do is go to harvestnewlightchurch.com. There is a donation button there. It takes money to make the ministry run. And also the Word of God says that money solveth all things. So we're asking you as our faithful listeners on each and every uh, time you hear the recording comes on, be able to donate it to our ministry. Know, as you see fit. Just don't listen to the word. And if it does something to help you, hey, support it. Okay? Hey, look, God bless you guys. We love you. Once again, harvestnewlightchurch.com. That'll get you right into our website. If you want to give to this ministry, as I said before, you can actually do it through our PayPal, which is on that site also. If you want to send your actually a prayer request, you can send your prayer request to harvestnlc at gmail.com. We can see you there also. Or you can call at uh, 972-957-9554. That'll get you right in. You can ask for Pastor Charles Austin, and I should be able to uh, take your calls. Sometimes it's late when you call, and sometimes it's not. But, you know, I'm here to work the work of the kingdom. If anybody you know is looking to be a part of a radio show, want to have a slot, you can, hey, send them my way. And let's see what God's going to do for them in the midst of them being a part of uh, this particular work we're doing here at HNLC. We love to have them in for the 30-minute show. we got got slots open for them if they give us a call. And, hey, look, we would be glad to bring them in and give them a test run and see if they can fit in with our work. Hey, today, God bless you guys. We love you. Take care. We look at the book of Ezekiel. I'm going to get my anchor station going there. For those who are joining us on our YouTube stations, you want to go to Charles Ellis Ministries, Charles E. Ellis Ministries. For those who join us on Facebook, it's Apostle Charles Ellis, Apostle Charles E. Ellis. I'm actually uh, Scope Stations, I'm a Periscope Stations, which is his Twitter, you know, Apostle Charles E. Ellis. You'll see Charles E. Ellis because we know the other Apostle Charles Ellis in Detroit, Michigan, City of David, a great man of God, doing a great work down there also in the country. What a town, and well, not in the town, but in the particular area of the region which I grew up in, it was father as we came up, you know, in Saginaw, Michigan, watching, you know, um, uh, Charles Ellis's daddy, you know, do a great work. Here I am, <laughs> kind of in the same way, but not the same performance. But, you know, God calls us differently. You know, we all call to do a different work. It's not about a work of, you know, um, accolades. It's not about a work of entitleship. You know, it's amazing. Before we get into this area, in the book of Ezekiel 33, you know, I was looking at the, some of the, uh, the storms and the things that took place. Uh, most of you saw some of the storms that took place, not this past week, but the previous uh, uh, months before. It was a pretty big storm that hit over in the Kansas area. And they say the tornado that laid on the ground, you know, close to some 200 miles, which wiped up almost everything. And there were certain people being interviewed, and I have never seen, you know, I'm not saying never seen, but this is the first time I heard it when I watched such a devastating tornado take place in such a city of great people, that everybody in that city mainly came forth and was talking about how good God was and how he protected them. Nobody talked about their businesses. Nobody talked about their homes. Everybody thanked God for the grace that he spared their life. And I remember in that interview, they interviewed the pastor of that town, the, the man of God of that town, and one of the news anchor, famous news anchor men who was there uh, <clears throat> doing some of the investigation or witnessing, uh, investigating the tornado was there. He looked at the church that was behind him and all the devastations behind him. He said, all, of this, all the devastation that take place in the church is yet still standing. And they brought the pastor in and he said, how are you holding up with all the devastation that takes place around you and the church is being destroyed? <laughs> He said, the church is being destroyed. He said, he said, how is the church? He said, I mean, he said, the building is, is still standing and, you know, it's destroyed. You know, say, how is the church? He said, well, first of all, you know, and that, you know, the, you know, that's, that's the building. He said, that, that, well, that's not the church. 
He said, that's the building that's standing there. But we as a church, and I caught that. He said, but we as a church, it couldn't be nothing but the conversion of the Holy Spirit speaking through this man of God. They really set a lot of people on track of what we really got to look at in this day and time. He said, the building is fine, but the church, he said, is in well condition. We're all fine. We're all healthy. Everybody's no harm, no hurt. We, matter of fact, we hope in other people in the community. And when I caught that, it really, it kind of touched me in my heart. That the word of God declared and decrees that the word that goes forth, it doesn't go to the building. It goes to the point of the heart of the man, the woman of God. And it's the body of the body. It's the body of the members that make up the foundation of the building. Without no members in the building, it's just a, it's just an empty shell. It's just a place that's echoing, waiting for people to occupy it. And I know we talk about the word of God. Some of us kind of explain it in such a way uh, that, you know, the church is a place that we come together. But, you know, the word of God says that in the book of Psalms 1, how good is the man to dwell together in unity. But unity in this always have to be. Listen to me. I'm not putting anybody down about the building, the bricks, and the mortar. But I want you to understand the word of God when he said, wherever you dwell, the Holy Spirit will be there with you. The church of the way moved to various places, going through various changes with all kinds of events and people after their life. But when I heard the man of God say that over in the book of uh uh, not in the book, of, but in this particular news has. He said to me, he said, you know, the, the building, you know, is destroyed. He said, but the church is fine. He said, the church is fine. And, and, I, and I don't know if anybody caught what I'm telling you, but it takes the unity of the body to make the church to what it needs to be. And it ain't just got to be the building. Whatever you dwell in, whatever you with the Holy Spirit, the Bible declares that's where I will be also. So you can be in huts, homes, houses, the people, the church of the way. When you really look at the book of Acts and the church begin, it wasn't Timothy talking about the building. It was talking about whatever the Holy Spirit do, the demonstration, the power of the Holy Spirit move, with signs, wonders, and miracles, that the people who were in the buildings came out of the building to see the very thing the power of God was doing. I'm going to leave that alone for a minute. I want to talk to you about something here. But it's amazing when he said, the building is destroyed, but the, but the body is fine. And the word of God tells us, don't you know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do not cancel what it says over in the book of Psalms 133, how good is for man to dwell together in unity. But wherever you dwell at, whether it be in your car driving down the street, whether it be in your job, whether it be out for lunch with friends or family, and sometimes just by yourself, the power of the Holy Spirit will come in and transform you in any place and anywhere, so long as you believe. The Bible declares that him that believe. Everything you need in your life is already there if you can just believe it. The Bible says nothing too hard for me to do. It takes a unity of people as we try to make the scriptures sound so apparent in the book of Ephesians that it unifies the body. But we as members, as leaders in the body of Christ, and there can be anyone that God calls to do the work, whether it be the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher, it doesn't matter. Whenever God calls a unity assembly of people to come together, the Holy Spirit dwells there. It reminds me what it says in 1 Corinthians. When, when, uh, when uh, Paul was down in Corinth, and he was talking to the people of Corinth over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he began to talk about how they need to learn how to eat, you know, drink the milk before they eat the meat. And he brought up a lot of things of how they have discrepancies in their life. But we all have something based on the book of Ephesians. The Bible said we're in our past times. We all had things that went according to the course of the world. So we was all jacked up. We was all tore up from the floor. We all, each and every day, need to check up from the neck up. But our tune-up is the word of God when we wake up every morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I need a body that I can work through. I need a conduit that I can bring forth my word through and understand in this day and time and season, the word yet still move according to the voice of God that speaks to the individuals willing to please him. So it's not about the fulfillment of what man feels in terms of numbers, and how crowds, the power of presence of God to draw it. The Bible said John the Baptist went out there was in the middle of nothing. And people came from everywhere. They received the baptism of the, it was just, just baptism. But Jesus declared the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he, he did the baptism of repentance, you know, because he declared repent, repent for the kingdom of God. You know, it's at hand. And he declared that's one who come in the shoes. I'm not able to unlace or lace up. And Jesus comes to declare his creed, gets baptized, and you see his ministry goes full blown. And that's in anybody. Once you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through the confession of your mouth, according to Romans 8, 9, 10, the Bible says you shall be saved. And now he gives you a set of rules that you need to go by to understand how you need to walk according to the word of God.
As it says over in Psalms 1, a basic one that you can use, but you really need to understand the process. How do you get the Psalms 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. This is what he said. Don't stand in the way of the sinner. No sin. it's, it's a good concept. There's some rules to go by. But the word of God declares also we should not walk, we should not walk with fear, but we should walk with faith and believe in declaring that everything God created in us and designed in us has got to go forth. It ain't man. It's our relationship, not the relationship, it's our intimacy with Christ. Let me talk to you about some things here. As the word of God declares in the creed. Got some things sounding off in here. Don't worry about that. We're gonna get past it. We're gonna be with you too long. The enemy always seems to have a way to try to come in and disturb things once you get to moving through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just the way it is. And you just got to know how to roll right past them. The Bible says that, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we understand in the season of time we're in, we're walking in a faith season. Even though we see all the things that's going on around us, God is just still doing the word according to the spirit. And the Bible said to him that believe all things are possible. Over in the book, over the book of Ezekiel, look at the word of God talking about the word of the Lord. When you're talking about the word of the Lord, and he declares in Ezekiel 1.33, Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children, to the people, saying to them, When I send a sword upon the land, if the people of the land would take a man of their coast and set him as a watchman. That's a powerful word there. That's a calling on the life of an individual. When we talk about the book of Ephesians, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, even the layman. In the body of Christ. Those who are just called just to be regular laymen and servants for the kingdom of God. They still got the ability to do what God called them to do. It's not just necessarily just the ones who are just the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the teacher. Everybody's got something they have to do in the body of Christ. But he declares how the word's supposed to be declared once you're called to be a watchman for the kingdom of God. He talks about the attacks that come against us as men and women of God. He said, when I see the sword come up on the land. And I blow up the trumpet and I warn the people. That means I'm designed to go out and evangelize, let the people know the kingdom of God is coming, the kingdom of God is coming, be baptized, be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. He's letting us know. Warn the people about the upcoming destruction that's coming on the land. And the word of God declares over here in this particular third verse, he said, when you see the sword coming up on the land, you blow the trumpet, you said you warn the people. And whosoever hear the sound of the mouth of the evangelist, the prophet, the, whatever who you may be, whatever whatever you call to be in the body of Christ, whatever you whatever it is that God called you to be, not what man calls you to be, but what God called you to be. The Bible declares, if any man to be in Christ, he be a new creature. So when the time God created you, to say in the book of Jeremiah, he performed, declared you to be a prophet before the nation. It's not up to man to dedicate you what you ought to be. Your job is to get in your Matthew chapter 6 and 6 and then pray and ask God, what is it that you have me to do as being your servant and your soldier of the body of Christ? I want to have an intimate relationship with you. I want to have intimacy with you because I really need to know what is it you called me to do. And I want to do my work and what you called me to do. He declared the word over in the third verse. When you see the sword come upon the land, and he that blow the trumpet and warn the people, our job in this season is to carry the word of God and speak it whatever he said to speak it and declare it by what he wants us to speak it, not the way men want us to speak it. Y'all understand what I'm telling you? The Bible said the only way you're going to know these things with the signs, wonders, and miracles that you're going to have to pray. you got to really give your life to Christ. That's what the Word of God tells in Psalms 1. you got to walk upright. He declares that no good thing will I withhold from any man or woman of God that walks upright. When your ways pleases me, the Bible said there's things that you don't know, heard, or seen before that I declare to you. Like matter of fact, he tells you right over there in the book of 1 Corinthians that eyes have not seen Ears have not heard, and neither has it even entered into the heart of any walking human being, any piece of a flesh. When a man waits, pleases God. You got to understand the process when God calls you to do a work. The word of God comes in the fourth verse, and he says right in the fourth verse, And whoever heareth the sound, then you can't be rebellious. You can't hear the word of God and keep on continuing to live the way of the world or listen to the things that God didn't tell you. He said, he said, they said, and not find out for yourself. He said, whoever hears the sound of the trumpet, the sound of the trumpet is the hearing of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody I'm talking to. You don't want to talk to this prophet. But the word of God declares to me that faith coming by hearing and hearing come by the adulterated word. The, I mean, the word that, that I mean, that powerful word of God. You got to hear it. Because what the word of God, it transforms and changes, it convicts and arrests. 
and it knocks down everything in your life that's not like God. He says, whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and take warning, meaning I heard the word. There's a way and style in which I live according to the book of Ephesians. I no longer need to live that way. I need to change my ways. I need to understand what it said in Romans 10, 8, 9. If I confess, am I talking to somebody? If I confess with my mouth, if I believe in my heart, that God has now raised his son from the dead. Then I shall still be saved. It's not what anybody else said. It's what you said. The Bible said you got to confess. You have to work out your own soul in salvation with fear and trembling. Somebody there? It's not a play. This is not a place of performance here. This is because you the truth. But when a sword comes on the land and the warning comes. Now you can hear a lot of other things you want to hear to make you feel good in the flesh. It'll make you feel good from an inspirational or oratorical sound or point of view or educational. But the word of God tells me if you're led by the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. That means you have an urgency to want to hear what the spirit has said. The word of God said, he who has an ear, let him hear. I want to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling me in the time and season I'm in. Am I with somebody here? I'm going to take these off for a minute. These earphones can get rather warm when you're speaking to them, and you can hear, but around the ear it gets kind of bothersome around that point of the ear, so you got to make sure you understand that you're hearing what the Word of God has to say. Look at this right here. The Word of God comes over here. Look at this fourth verse right here. Does whoever hear the sound of the trumpet, this is what it's saying. Let's, let's understand that evangelism is in this. Because we as men and women of God are to warn the people about the uncommon destruction which we see every day in the world. The Word of God made it very clear in the, in the Word of God in the book of Mark. In that 13th and 11th chapter, he said, you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. Jesus coming out the dedication of a building. They looked at that building, I believe. Let's look over here. Let's look at some over here in the area. And let's, let's, make, sure we, we, let's make sure we track our word. Because you don't want to get involved with what the soothsayers say. You don't want to make up nothing to make you feel or look good about what God is saying in this time and season. So let's look at the word of God over here. Let's hear what he's saying according to the word of God. I'm going to look up here and I'm going to look at some things. And I like to go to scripture when I look at stuff. I like to look at and make sure you understand the scripture, what I'm saying. I'm just blowing some stuff in your ear like most people do just to make you hear good sound effects and all this stuff matching. It ain't about that. It's giving the people the word of God, the unadulterated word of God that they understand and hear. That's why he said that he who has an ear. What is that? What is that? Romans 10, 17. Let them hear. Not me, but what the Spirit has to say. I was listening. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to get to there. I listened to a brother by the name of Dr. Rick Kendall today. He was talking about the prophecy, the progress. I think it was a, it was, it was a, it was a patience, progress, and prophecy. It was somewhere up, and I want to make sure I get that. And this is what Rick was talking about today. But I was going to call Rick today. They said, man, look, I need you to send me that message. Whatever the cost is, I'm willing to pay the cost to get it because there's something in that message that's so prophetic from this day and time. That's most people say I'm led by the Spirit, but they don't know what the Spirit is calling me. They're just moving because of the Holy Spirit, because people saying the Holy Spirit. They don't know the inside circles of what they are doing. They're just speaking and sounding good, but they don't have any in-depth. The Word of God says so when you walk in the Spirit, that's some things you got to change. The Word of God declares, according to the book of Galatians, there are some spiritual tensions you need to bring forth. He says in the book of uh, Jer- in the book of uh, John 13:34, he declares the decree, love them as I have loved you, by this they may know you are my disciples. You got to understand there's a certain time of image you got to hold and kill when you're walking as a, murder, a, word, as a man or woman of God. You can't have a lying tongue. You can't be susceptible in the body of Christ. And the Bible says bitter and sweet cannot come out of the same fountain. You can't do that. You can't lie to your brothers and sisters and say you love the Lord. And then you connive and you slide and you slip and slender and say all kinds of things that God never told you to say. That wiggle your way out of stuff that make you seem to be something that you're not. You just fooled yourself. The Bible says, can a man ways please God? Or will a man ways please God? If he does, God will give him the desires of his heart. The word of God comes over and will lose my attention on this particular word. As we go over here to the area of the book of, uh, let's look over here, in the book of Mark. We talk about the book of Mark. I mean, my mother gave me this this particular area of scripture when Jesus talked about prediction. Let's look at Mark 13, the prediction of the temple. And it's pretty much what I said before about the process of the temple. A lot of us look at the building, 
you know, a lot of us feel, you know, you know, the building, you know, it's it's significant of a place of meeting. But I go back and reiterate the word what the man of God said. He said the building is destroyed, but the body is fine. The structure in the mortar is destroyed. But the body, we're all healthy. We're all working together, helping others in the community to bring things back to where it should be. Hopefully, through the help of the Holy Spirit. What God says in the book of Mark 13. The Bible says he went out of the temple. The disciples asked him, teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Their focus was on the wrong thing. A lot of times we focus on the structure of a facility and the thing behind the pulpit we can't even examine. We're just all comfortable in the wealth of what seems to be good to be comfortable. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus brings the word back to him and Jesus asked him to say it to them. Do you see these great buildings, these great bricks and stones that man has created? I'm just spitting my emphasis, put my spin on it. This man has put together and designed to make themselves look more popular, more extravagant than everybody. As Jesus said, he asked and said to them, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another. And she better not be torn down. What did Jesus do there? He predicted the destruction of a physical structure and not a physical, not a spiritual building. Look what I'm telling you. A physical piece of rock will be destroyed. But Jesus declared the same word to the Pharisees. He said, I'll tear this temple down. I'll build up. Oh, oh he, he blasphemed me. He blasphemed me. He said, he'll tear the temple down. He'll build up in three days. Had no idea of understanding about what the power of God was saying. And sometimes you find yourself there also. You believe more than what the man said than what God says. You believe in what he said is all talk of forms and speech because you don't have enough to get on your knees and find out what it really is that God wants you to do. The word of God declared that Jesus told him it was a sign of the end of time. Now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The Bible declared that's what Jesus was supposed to do was return. And he sat down to Peter, John, and James and Andrew asked him privately, tell us what will these things be and what signs will that be to be fulfilled? And Jesus said, and take heed and be not deceived and no one look here. He said, take, he said, asking them, said, take heed that no one deceives you. The word of God makes that very clear. In the book of Mark 13, let's stay right there. Let's stay right here in the area of Mark, Mark 13. And let's, let's go over to the book of, of Mark. Let's go to the book, same day, Mark 13. Let's go down into the seventh verse. I want to look at something in the seventh verse. I want to look at something here. No, let's go to 15. I don't believe I want to get this. I'm going to get some, get some translational versions in here also. I want to look at a different version in here. As we go into this particular teaching, then we get to understand. We're talking about the word of the Lord. I'm be watching you guys. I'm also looking at monitors here. I was monitors all in the studio. This is an incredible studio. The word God has put together the Holy Spirit. I mean, it can challenge. It can challenge. See, it don't need a lot. We reach millions of people all over the world. It doesn't take a wide facility for us to be able to graph that what God has given us to do. God says sometimes I do work through the smallest things. Men look at the structural outside appearance of things, but God said I look at the small things. That's why he looked upon David. And David was called to be the, the next king of Israel. But, you know, the priest Samuel looked at him and said, you know, the prophet said, didn't you mean this young boy? God said, I don't look at men the way men look at men. And neither he look at structures and designs what he put together. I want to get into this particular area of scripture right here. And I want to look at this very carefully over in the King James Version. And Jesus answered him, he began to say in the fifth verse, take heed and no one deceives you. For when this year come in my name, saying he's a Christ to deceive many. And when you hear these wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. But such things need to be that the end is not yet. Let's go back to the seventh verse. Jesus talked about the deception. Go to the seventh verse with me. Let's kick on back here. Doing PowerPoint teaching with you. Look at this book in the Mark 13. Click on back to the seventh verse. Let's roll with me to the seventh verse. And we'll come down to seven. And look at the seven. Let's go down here to the um, Jesus declared a word about the process of going on. Look what he says right here. In this particular area, in seven, I'm looking at seven. Go back with me. Go back. We just have go back to no stay right here. Let's stay right here. 
Let's take it right here. And Jesus says a word right here in the particular 11th verse. But he, say, but he says over in the 11th verse, in 7 and 11, he said, but you say, if a man is to say to his father and his mother, is a, is a Corbin, or is it say that a gift is by whosoever, and it might be, uh, uh, it might be profited by me, he shall, he shall be free. Now, now I want to make sure I understand what it's saying, but I want to make sure I roll this in together what Jesus is saying to the people in the in the temple about the process of the temple. And I want to make sure I might be off on this, but I know I'm not off on this. I want to make sure I get it right here. And I believe I'm going to make sure I went out here. I want to make sure I got here. This right here, I think it's the... Uh, I don't want to think this. I want to know this. Because you know you want to, you want to know your word of God when you're teaching here. And what God says over here about the process. I believe it's around this 13... We're going to move on, but I want to stay with this. I want to say this. Yeah, okay, look here. Let's say right here. We go right here. Look at this. Look at this area 13. I'm going to pass. Look at this 13 and 8. And let's look at what I was trying to get to 13 and 8. I was looking at something 7, but 13 and 8. And this is what we're looking at right now when we understand the process when God comes back and the word of God comes back over here and he said over here in the sixth verse. So many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and you shall see deceive many. Now, James talks about the process and the days of the false prophets will come. And they deceive a lot of people, you know. They allow them to be carried away with persuasive words and not hearing and understanding and not reading and taking an example and praying for themselves. But they take the word of the man before they take the word of God. Pretty much, he said the same thing in a way, in such a way that it was in the book of First Corinthians to Paul and Apollos, who got kind of tangled up and mixed up a lot, you know, the strength that they had when they were telling the, the man of God over there in First Corinthians chapter 3. And, and uh, Paul was telling them about the process of eating uh, drink, uh, drinking the milk rather than eating meat and he talked about the dissension that was among them you know the fighting the kicking and biting the destruction and all that and he said are you like, like mere men and then he declared the word and they began to go out and minister the word then Paul and Apollo and he said who is Paul and Apollo did they be anything but just mere men so he corrected them at that point even though Apollo was a great man and Paul was a great man but Jesus declared I mean God declared the creed and said look here Look here, but one plant, one water bottle get the increase. So what is he saying that even the process of this scripture? Right? I'm just rallying, I'm telling you something. You better listen to what I'm telling you. And you can go on to take it any way you want and get some kind of technical part about it. But here's what the word of God is saying here. When he declared the word to Paul and Apollo, who are great men of God, it means it doesn't matter how great you are. If you're not following the instructions of the Holy Spirit, if you're going out here and understanding the word of God that says in the sixth verse, for many shall come in my name, saying I am the Christ, and deceive many. A lot of people telling you Christ is coming. This is the end time. We don't know. The Bible says he's the son of man. Don't even know the time. But the word of God said you should be ready. But the word of God said it be signs in the earth according to the seven that when you hear wars and rumors of wars. What are we hearing right now? Wars and rumors. We're in the time. The four horses are riding. All these apocalypse scriptures that people use. And the prophets coming out of the wall. Prophesied what, what's going to happen with Ukraine, what's going to happen with Russia. They say the same thing, the Donald Trump era, all of them came in the raw Trump, this Trump, that. It's just so many things. It only seemed like they come out when, 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 when there's a big destruction thing happening. But you just don't prophesy within time. I know you say in part and see, but you got to be accurate with what you're doing. You just don't come out and start saying things based on the fact of an incident that's happening in the land. That's been destruction. There's been wars and rumors going on, that, not because of different countries and lands, among the people themselves, among the White House, among the white, among the black, among job orientations, the process of pay, uh, housing. It's been wars going on inside the ranks and what we're dealing with right now as men and women of God. There's all kind of destructions going on. Bias in the bodies is at the highest killing in the streets of certain different race more than the other. All this is just crazy stuff. Just wars right in where we are. But the word of God says over here, for he said, when, when nations shall rise against kingdoms, and kingdom, he said, for nations shall rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms. These words are the powerful words right here. Nations against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms. Anybody know what a nation is? I'm quite sure you said you knew that in high school. But a kingdom. You got the Bible declares according to the kingdom of heaven. It talks about the process of our Father in heaven, how that be thou, then thy kingdom come, thy will be done. See, the kingdom is right among you. 
You got to live with a mind of the kingdom. It's not some distant place that you go to and you want to be there in heaven and all the shiny lights and golden streets. You make heaven where you want to be. But I'm saying, let the mind of Christ be in you, that be in Christ Jesus, who walk not at the first but after the spirit. With all the destruction that's going on around us, we don't have to live in the mindset of what's going on. We can live with the kingdom expectation declaring according to Psalms 91 that I'm under the shadows of the Almighty. I have to live in this chaos. God will take care of me. The word of God comes over in this eighth verse. Nations should rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. A lot of people got different things about nations. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of things about nations too. I mean, you know, you know whether, it be, whether it be, you know, black, Hispanic, Caucasians, Indians. I mean, you know, everybody seemed to be a little bit more elevated than the other. And the Bible said earthquakes in diverse places. I mean, what is an earthquake? Just because of shaking of a mountain? That's a shaking going on right now. There's been a shaking going on. It's just because of a mountain blast of something that's going on in some continent that it's exploding. The, the, the explosion is going on right among us. Look at all the things that's going on. Look at all the division that's in the land. Even in the poor pit. Even among ministers. Even among as fellow brothers. We can't even tell stories straight to one another. Without prophesying, I mean, the prophet lying, saying to one person, you will do this and do that, and then renege on your word. Then you want somebody to trust you? Come on, somebody. I mean, you got to understand. You got to trust them. You got to build that trust. The Bible says, phantoms phantoms and troubles. We're going through this process right now. All these COVID things that's going on in the land. Phantoms and phantoms. And look here. And troubles, these are the beginning of sorrow. The sorrow's been going on. The sorrow's going on even when my mother, grandmother was living. It was just a downcasting of things that we see because now we got older. And the word of God said the world will go more wickeder and wiser. But the word of God also let us know, train up a child in the way he should go. He comes over this particular ninth verse and he speaks, he speaks out his name. Verse. He said, take heed to yourselves. That they shall deliver you up into the synagogue. Look into the council, into the synagogues. And you shall be beaten. And you shall be brought before the rulers of the kings for my sake. For a testimony against them. Do you understand what he's saying there? The Bible says in Luke 9 and 22, you're going to suffer some things. Ministry is not about popular. It's not about the great TV shows. It's not about how well your name is. Not how well you can teach. The Bible declares, according to Mark chapter 13, you got to learn how to walk and understand to be a disciple for Christ. You got to understand what it says in the book of Ezekiel. You got to know how to sound the trumpet in the midst of hard times. Dedicated trumpet sounds that will touch the hearts of the people, not just words of flavor, sound good, and the twisted turning of your tongue. Am I talking to somebody? These things are worse than anything when a person has a lying tongue. And not only they have a lying tongue, they lie to their own brothers and sisters about the things they will do, and they don't fulfill the very things they say they will do. One thing about me as a person of God, and as a person that's in the world period, you know, you know, I, I heard Bishop Raymond Johnson, a good friend of mine out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, living faith Christian Center, a great man, always encouraged me about doing the good word of God. I always prayed for him and his wife Mildred, great people out there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a lot of great guys out there. They're doing great work, I know. They're doing, I mean, really, you know, great guys. I really know they're doing great work. But, you know, it's not for me to call them out all the time. Because I know from my heart where they are. But I remember him said, I remember him doing a message one day. In the middle of his message, you know, he said, uh, you know, he didn't say my name. He said, you know, it, it's kind of hard for me. He said, it's kind of hard for me to trust people nowadays. It's not that he don't trust God. He said, because, you know, I hate when people lie to me. He said, it makes me think they think I'm kind of stupid or something. And that's what people do. That they can tell you anything and say anything. And then they come back and speak with the same mouth of God. I don't understand that. How a person can say one thing and reverse so far in another thing. And knowing that they trapped or their tongues already been caught before they spoke it. The word of God comes back over here. We look over here in the book of uh go back down to the book of the um in the book of Ezekiel, and I want to finish this out in the book of Ezekiel, about the warning of God's word. We're talking about the word of God's word. And he said, once again, I'm kind of stuck here on this particular fourth verse, that whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, look here, and take not warning 
the sword come and take away the blood should be upon his head. Let me look at that again. I'm, I'm, I'm processing in the middle of I'm saying that. I got to do my work. If I fail to do my work, then it's on me. Because according to Jeremiah 1 and 5, I was called to be a prophet before the nation, not based on what man says. It's what God already instilled me. Before you was born, created, I called you to be a prophet before the nation. You got two ways that you can go. The word of God said one way you start off in the world when you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 2, you walk the course of the world, you did everything that pleases the flesh. But according to the book of Ephesians, you go to the book of Ephesians, you look in the book of Ephesians, he gives you a very strong break there in terms of how you once was a man that wasn't right, walking right correctly the way God wants you. So Ephesians makes it, he kind of puts you on blast here in the book of Ephesians. But let's kind of look at this right here real quick. He said, whosoever hear the sound of the trumpet and take not warning, look here, of the sword that comes and takes him away. And whosoever hear the sound of the trumpet and take not warning. That Romans, was it Romans 10, 17? Faith coming by hearing. That, I mean, that's a saving word. I mean, if, 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 if you don't want to meet anywhere else in your ending, you need to understand what the Word of God is telling you in this day and time and season. It's not hard to live according to the way God wants you to live. Your Bible says you just got to separate yourself from those things that gratify your flesh. Galatians talk about that. Let's look at the book of Ephesians. He talk about how our flesh was gratified and how he came in to save us. Look what he says over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 says that when you are alive and you are dead in your trespassing and sins, know this end. And what you want walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of a spirit. Look what it says. So we get this get this right. I don't get to make sure we got this in the way right here. He said, When you were made alive, when you're dead in your trespasses and sins, and what you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of a spirit. Then I work within the children of disobedience. Among you also, in your conduct in ourselves, had lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. For by nature, your children are wrath just as others. Let me, let me, let me, I believe somebody was letting me know something here. Let me see something here. I wanna just, don't want don't to stop this. I want to just make sure we're we, we getting things running here. It's going the way it's supposed to go. I got to pull something back here. Let's look at this once again. To make sure we're on track here. We're talking about the process of those who hear the warning and take not heed to the warning. But understand the reason they to take heed to the warning. Because there's things they did that wasn't pleasing to Christ. Me, you, and everybody else. There's still some things you're doing now. Not that you don't want to admit it. But the word of God says there's things he hates also. One of the main things he hates is the lying tongue. Especially when you lie to your sisters and brothers. Or your pastor friends, or your leader friends about whatever you say you're gonna do. You just a man that don't have a way. You know, you really, you, you kind of just whatever you want to be. You look, you look for things that you want to feel right, and you want to do what you want to do. And enough of that, because sometimes you gotta just push the rinky dinks aside and keep moving. Look what it says right here. You are made alive when you're dead in your trespasses and sins. In past times, you walked according to the course of the world. Yeah, according to the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. Things that me and you did that pleased our flesh, whatever it was that we like to do, we did it. And some of us are still doing the same things now and still speaking with two tongues. The Bible like the end of said, oh, they, him speaking with two tongues. He speak one this way and one that way. Him, him, him speaking two tongues. The lion tongue. That's why the, the snake has got a forked tongue. And if it come to you, then it turn it out bite you. You heard the story about the man who found the snake. You, you, you know the story about it. He bandaged him up and cleaned him up. Then the snake bit him. He said, why did you bite me? He said, you know I was a snake. So the word of God tells me that you got to be wise. I heard minister and they say this all the time. You got to be wise as a serpent. And you have to be humble as a dove. What is he saying? According to the book of Ephesians, based on the word of God that we read in the book of Ezekiel, he makes it very clear. 
We as men and women, God, need to hear the sound of the trumpet because the things according to the book of Ephesians that we all did that wasn't right in the eyesight of God. Some people say we're in the New Testament. Yeah, no, the whole 66 books, brother, sister, friend, whatever you want to be. You got to obey God. Not just one, not just the New Testament, the whole 66 books from front to back. Over here, you had the shadow. And now the Bible said, the word now walks among you. So when you see our, our, our shadow shadowing on the ground, that was the, that was the Old Testament type in the shadow. When you see my shadow moving, that was, now that shadow became nice reality who I am. But you can't neglect the shadow because the shadow got you to the, to the original. So the things you used to do was yet still there. Paul declared to ask God, man, to take this thorn away from me. Paul was a stickler of the law. A stickler of law, killing Christians. And he met his might on the road to Damascus, but God spared him. The word of God tells you also, like Paul brings his word out in the book of Ephesians, I once too was a stickler of law. I once too walked the course of the world. I once too did things that gratified my flesh and pleased me according to the letters I received to drag those people out of the church away and please the high priest and people who gave me the authority to do it. But now I met my match and I knew that it was God's people. Now I have to relent and ask God to save me and sanctify me. Because I know the time, he had so much time, got so many days. I think Paul was right about 52, maybe 52 when he, when he actually got out of here. I believe. My, my word tells me, I do my history and studies, I believe, but some 15 years ago when I came out of seminary and doing it, I believe he was about 50-something years old when he, when he left here. But I declare when Paul actually, uh, uh, when Paul actually uh, came to that conversion, that part, on this Damascus experience. And, I, and the reason I'm thinking because Jesus wasn't that old when he left out of here either. Even when his ministry started, he wasn't. I think he was 37 years old, is he? And when he 31, 30, something, 32, 33, you know, ministry. But, you know, Paul a little bit further than that, but he learned a lot of things. But one thing I learned about Apostle Paul's work, Paul declared that even though the disciples did walk with Christ, Paul said, I wasn't going after the disciples for what they knew for Christ taught them. He said, I'm going through the Holy. I'm going to find out the whole, what the Holy Spirit has to say. It's not that he neglected the disciples, but he wanted to hear for himself what the Holy Spirit has to say. That means Paul, knowing he was a stick of the law, he had to hear the word of the sound of the trumpet that was warning him on the road to Damascus. Now I take it to the road called straight, Paul. In here you will die, but I'll raise you up. And you'll see things you've never known before. In a third hymn, but I'll bring you back to declare a word from a nobody by the name of Ananias to bring you back to the place you need to be. And you will do this work. And that's what God is calling you in your life is today. It's not about your style. It's not about your pizzazz. Me, I tell people all the time, I dress with the best of them. But hey, you know, I like being comfortable. Because you know what? It ain't about my, it ain't about my, my style. It's about the words that I speak. If I will come down to my mouth. I don't think David looked that good either. Who cares? But when the word of God says something about this Ezekiel, he never said about your style, how you look, your building, anything. He said he had he heard the sound of the trumpet. Let's go back over to the fifth, the fourth verse. He said, Whoever hears the sound of the trumpet, which is the word of God, and take a not warning, I mean, this is like a fort. Kind of weird tornadoes come through the other day in Texas, right here. I mean, they was really right over our house. Boom, it was shaking. The things were blowing. We were blowing really hard. You know, it was touching and going. It's touching and going. But God spared us. We prayed. Remember my wife got in the closet. We prayed that God would spare us, that it, let it blow over. God looked over us and kept us through the course of that time. And I still, he's still doing the same thing now. But I remember when the word of God was speaking to me about this. And I remember yesterday how the tornado sounded off a warning. Take shelter. You got to seek shelter. What did God say it right here? Whosoever hear the sound of the trumpet and take not warning, the sword comes and takes him or her away. His blood should be on his own head. You failed to listen. You got to do it, Apostle Ellis. Prophet, the band, whatever, whatever they say they want to be, whatever God called them to be, it's not on them; it's on you. 
the Bible comes down in the fifth verse. He said, he who heard the sound of the mouth of the prophet. Of the, see, see, this is the same thing what happened with the rich man. Same thing happened with the rich man. Same thing. Elijah may didn't have a chance to go out there and talk to him, but he did lay out to the dog, lick the sores. Y'all understand what I'm saying? He did get his sores licked on him. Look what he said here. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. Not my blood. His blood should be upon him. But he that take warning should deliver his or her soul. Our Father who art in heaven, how that be thy name. The Bible tells me according to the book of Ephesians, what a Romans tell that, if I confess, not what the prophet spoke, not what the evangelist spoke, not what the preacher teaching. I got to find out my Matthew 6 and 6 myself. I got to get into myself. And I got to understand there's things I have done in life that wasn't right. There are things I did that wasn't pleased to Christ. I got to ask forgiveness on myself. Can't nobody forgive me but myself. In God, there's only one can forgive me. The word of God comes over here. And it comes down here in this particular sixth verse. He said, if the watchman. Look here. Look here. Whether you are pop. It doesn't matter whether you're fivefold. If you discern and know the word of God, if you have what Romans 10, 17 tell you, if you heard it and you believe it, and you don't went to Romans 10, 8, 9, and you didn't confess it, you don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a pastor, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, doctor, whatever. It's not in the word of God. But people claim it. Same thing with the bishop. I don't put anybody down. To me, the word of God told you, if you have a desire to be a bishop, but according to the file four, you unified and you call out of that sequence. See, when you talk about the when you talk about a bishop, the Bible tells you he didn't see Paul wasn't labeled. Whether he had one wife, I mean, of course, you know, you want, you know, whether he had one wife, strong drink. He, he wasn't, he, he that wasn't a charge that was brought to him. He, he was he was charged because of the Holy Spirit called him. To be the apostle. But Timothy speaks about a desire of a bishop. I mean, you can call it what you want, a souped up elders. And I say it all the time. I say it with no, I say it with no kind of religion behind it. A lot of people that left their original walk to be the more popular name to bring more exposure to them. Let's go back here and the word of God says over here. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not more. That's on you. Faith comes by here and here and come by the word of God, but it comes down to one who hears. The Bible says, if the watchman see the sword and blow not the trumpet, and the people, look here, be not warned, that's you, that's understand what the word of God has told you and what you should do, that's the evangelistic walk in you. That you got to let the people know whether you be in Walmart, whether you be wherever you want to be in Myers, whoever, whatever, whatever, H-E-B, wherever you're going to be. If you don't tell at least one person about the word of God and you go on, and maybe you don't know, maybe it be in the obituary next week. I don't know. I, I don't know. Because the word of God tells you, you know, that, that tomorrow is not even promised to you. It's not promised to nobody. If the watchman sees a sword coming and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, as a tornado was here the other day, sirens come off. I, I was listening to my friend in Houston. They say they don't have one. They don't have um, uh, uh, sirens out here. He said. He said they just have billboards that you read. I said, wow, man, I'd rather hear a sound. Because a sound alerts, like the Holy Spirit did with him in the book of Acts chapter 2. It said what, that what got the attention was the sound of a rushing of a roaring wind. It opened them up like the presence of God is here. Stand attention and bring yourself to the position. The word of God says, if, they be warned, if, if, if the people be not warned and the sword comes and takes any person, I don't care if you're a sinner Homonger, coverture, whatever. 
if you don't, if it takes any person from among them, and he takes away in his, and he's taken away in his iniquity, not a chance to hear the word of God, but his blood will require at whose hand? The watchman's hand. Your hands. You hear? Not the apostles, not the prophets, not the evangelists, not the pastor, not the preachers. The, the one who hear the word and understand what the word is and don't pray for your brothers and sisters. You, you don't have to be in no hierarchy position. You, you, you don't have to be an educated and just devised type person. You, you can be anybody and understand that you have a true identification about what it is to be saved. That's what you want. And with that, you take it to the world. And the Bible declares, according to says in Matthew chapter 28, he made it 1 to 18. He said, all power and authority be given to me, both in heaven and in earth. Go and do as I've taught you to do. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's available to all of you. Greater works that you may do. He didn't say it just because of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. He may have been among them when he said that, but anybody who hears the word of God and receives the word of God and spreads the word of God, that Jesus declared, when I heard Minister Renee say, well, who, who is my mother? Who, who is my father? Who are these people? My, 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 my mother father is who deal the word of the Lord, who do the will of the Lord. Not because of your name, or title, and position. Once again, the, the pastor said, he said I'm, I'm going to get out of here. He said, the body is fine. The body is fine. But, 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 but the mortar is destroyed. But the body is fine. Don't get it twisted. The mark of God is on your life waiting you receive the gravitation of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we bless you for the opportunity for the man and woman of God to come in and hear the word. Despite of the discrepancies that tried to hold us back, you yet prevailed in the word in such a way that it was illuminated in the spirit. Father God, I just thank you. I bless you. I honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I decree the word to continue to move forth like the power of the rushing of the Holy Spirit in the lives and hearts of all people. Father God, I thank you for the new ministries that's coming about, especially one and my good friend, Pastor Franklin, Father God, Apostle Franklin, in the name of Jesus, who's doing a great work up there in the Pioneer area in Arlington, just coming to play him and his wife. Lord, bless that ministry. Let them continue to grow in leaps and bounds because his heart is for you and not for the building. Lord, let it be a multiple race, collective order at that place. That the eyes of the people be open, and the eyes of the eyes of the people be open in, in the hearing of the Holy Ghost. Father God, I bless you. I thank you for this opportunity here at HNOC Studio with all the multiple people you have coming and part of this work around the world. It will continue around the world. Father God, I ask you to go against everything, Father God, of the enemy is trying to come against us. And Lord, when you do it, bless them and change them. And the Lord, let the word be so strong that he'll cause your enemies to be your footstool. Lord, I just create, I just decree the word. I just declare it in the spirit. But I know, Father, I'm not in any kind of form or prayer to make people feel good. But let them understand, Father God, you love them and you need them to continue to be what you call them to be. Father, we just bless you. We just thank you and honor you. I think you look over my axia. My actually uh, host that was with us today, that's supposed to be with us today, Father God, in her household, that you look over them, Father God. Bless this ministry, HNLC, Harvest New Life Church, Father God, World World International. Look over all the things that you're doing in this ministry, Father God, that you continue to bring all the young people that's hearing the word of God. Lord, even though we keep it like you want to keep it, Father God, but we know that faith coming by hearing hear and come by the word. Expand the gift and the giftings in the hearts of your young people, Father God. Let them know. Let them cry out in the spirit for the work you have and to do to keep their remnant moving forward in this time of season that we're in. Father God, I just bless you. I thank you. I honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this word is going forth. It would not come back what, but it's already accomplished. Everything and all therein. These things I speak not of myself, but the power of the most high God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray, Lord. Amen. Men, women, that's a blessing. Don't forget to meet me back here on Thursday. Right here once again. 
as we continue as always over the years. We're going to close to 24 years right now. Coming this mar- coming the end of this March, it'll be 25 years. And we are pushing the kingdom of God, doing the work of the kingdom. Amen. Since early as the 80s. You may not know when to see me out there, but I wasn't trying to be popular. I always feel, I always feel like a stealth fight. I never wanted to be known by everybody because I didn't want to get in the rat race in the crowd. I'm not trying to be known by anybody. I just want to do the will of the Lord. That's all I'm called to do. And whoever feel they want to be a part of the work I'm doing here, hey, look, you go to harvestnewlifechurch.com. Look at the information we got about the church. Got a phone number that we can call if you want to email me. That's harvestnlc1 at gmail.com. You want to look at HNLC International Ministry, go to hnlcinternational.com. You see all the information there. You see all our Google stations, everything you see that's going on there. All our dash stations, our heart radio station, everything is there. You want to go to our world ministry station, all of it is there. All the years, our speaker stations, our iHeart stations, everything is there. And you make your decision whether you want to be a part of what we're doing, not just physically, but spiritually. Now pray with us and help us continue to move forth doing the work of the kingdom. Until man and the man of God, look here, we love you, we bless you, we thank you for joining us here at HNLC Studios. Here to say the Plano, Texas, pray for my wife, pray for my family, pray for my daughters, pray for my sons, as I pray for your wife, your family, your daughters, and your sons. And God to continue to touch them in every part of every area of their life. God bless you, we love you guys for joining us here at HNLC Studios. Y'all have a great evening and enjoy.